Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. Barry Peterson. You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. You're right. saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. States have legalized recreation. No wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect to open yourself up with this wrong stuff? What do you know about pot? All right. Good morning. You are listening to the Cannabis Hour. I'm your host, Jen Procacci. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us today. I have two wonderful guests here with me today. Chia Rodriguez, the co-chair of the fundraising committee for Mendocino Cannabis Alliance. She is also the co-founder of Arcana Flowers and the cultivator at Rivershy Farms. And I also have Michael Katz, the director of Mendocino Cannabis Alliance. And we're going to be discussing the Pledge of Alliance that MCA is currently doing, as well as sharing some great information um, from MCA to the community. We're going to be talking about a lot of great stuff today, and we'll be opening up the phone lines a little early for questions or comments from you listeners out there. So without further ado, I'm going to allow my guests to say good morning. Chia and Michael, would you like to say hi to our listeners out there? Sure. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, hello. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Good morning, everyone. Thank you both. Chia, would you like to go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about what the Pledge of Alliance is and what MCA does, not just for the cannabis community, but for the community at large? Sure, my pleasure. Um, Yes, so um, MCA, the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, has launched our Pledge of Alliance drive. Um, We launched this back about the 10th of August. August and it goes through September 19th um, where we're going to be culminating to a wonderful uh, award ceremony and event dinner um, on September 19th as well. Um, so we started this you know out of the need that, that MCA you know it needs to be um, creating some some revenue but also to gather support from our community and a, a broader reach and gaining new members and reaching out a little bit further than we than we typically have been in the past um, to work with our other businesses and other people in the community who are also supportive of the cannabis industry. So we're really excited about the, the pledge drive and hope that um, we can drum up some excitement here today. Thank you, Chia. Michael, do you have anything to add to that? Sure. You know, uh, thank you so much, first of all, to Chia for jumping in to the role of co-chair of the fundraising committee. Uh, As many people listening probably know, and you certainly know, Jen, Mm -hmm. Chia has been an incredible leader in this community for a long time, uh, really speaking up and making her voice heard and, you know, working with other members of the community to try to solve problems, to create solutions 
uh, both on the policy side and on the market access side. And so in a way, she is a great example of what is happening at MCA because these items and these issues that our community has been focusing on for so long are still very relevant. And so it's important that we continue these efforts. And I know a lot of people have gotten fatigued and are you know tired by the process it's a very challenging process but at the same time and as we'll discuss today the continued advocacy and the continued efforts of mca and by extension of the the people who make up the leadership and the core of mca's uh engaged members um are actually creating positive policy change here in mendocino and are also coming together to bring uh, their resources together and aggregate them in a way that is really community focused and is working to benefit the broadest number of people possible. And so MCA really has evolved as an organization that started off originally kind of just focused on policy, even though it wanted to have a business development component. And through last year, when we really started to understand the scale of the challenges and the, the issues within the market and the regulatory system, we pivoted and added a scope of work for market access and development. And so she has been really uh, an incredible leader in this process uh, and for the community at large. So grateful to have her engaged here. And, you know, I think that what she said is totally accurate. The, the organization has struggled in the same way that our community has struggled. Resources have run thin. People are pinching every penny. Uh, there are challenges all over the place. The vast majority of them are financial, especially for uh, smaller farmers, small businesses, independent businesses. And so, you know, the goal here is to continue to drive awareness within the cannabis community to people who aren't yet members of MCA, show them the work that we've been doing on our members and on their behalf, and also to talk to the people who are in the community who aren't maybe directly related to cannabis, but understand the impact that cannabis has locally and the the positive economic impact that cannabis has had locally uh, people putting money into local stores and businesses. And we've seen significant downturns there and the licensed market is struggling uh, to, to generate enough revenue to survive. And so we are really calling on the entire Mendocino community who do understand the value and importance of stabilizing these small operators and these independent businesses to provide long-term sustainable support for this community as they have done for decades in the past. And so the Pledge of Alliance Drive is really just a chance to bring everybody together to share some of the successes that MCA has had, uh, both in the policy and market access side, and really, uh, you know, just say, hey, what is the future of cannabis that we want to see in Mendocino? Join our organization, work with us to help create that future. Thank you, Michael. Um, we have so much great stuff to talk about today, but before we move on, I want to give a little backstory, if possible, to our listeners, um, just about how MCA formed, when it was established, what was sort of the motivator for, um, for forming this organization. Uh, Chia, do you want to go ahead with that? Well, I can just speak from my experience um, as a farmer in the community. I mean, really, the reason why I am helping with MCA and doing this um, 
this job and and playing my part now is because I have so much gratitude for the organization and it's all its iterations in the past. Um, it didn't start out as MCA in the beginning when we were pre-Prop 64 working on ordinances here in Mendocino County. There was a, you know, a lot of um, excitement and a lot of movement towards what this was going to look like and a lot of unknowns and really, um, it's through the hard work of people like, you know, like Jude Tillman and and others in the community that really stood up and started talking about, you know, what this is going to look like, what our dream about what cannabis in Mendocino County and statewide is going to look like um, that, you know, really inspired me to start getting involved and realizing that, okay, we get to come out of the shadows now, we get to um, stand up, you know, for ourselves at board of supervisors meetings and speak out and write letters and and get involved and it was you know through the um the hard work of all these people that sort of culminated towards what is now the mendocino cannabis alliance um that you know helps me as a farmer helps me and my husband survive this um you know we get amazing amounts of information and guidance really about what to do when to do it <laughs> what's happening when you know when it's time to speak out and talk about this specific issue and it's really been a guiding light for for me and my farm as well as so many people of course in Mendocino County who are trying to navigate this crazy situation with what cannabis is here and um you know it's through that that gratitude uh, for what the organization has done in the the community and really actually affected what's happening at the state level that made me feel um, like it was my turn to step up and and help out. So you know, eternally grateful for the work of Michael Katz and so many others on all the policy committees and you know um, people that have been doing this base of the work to really create policy, good, you know, better policy, change what's happening, um, change the current ordinance and such um, that that really got me inspired to do this work. So um, I don't know off the top of my head what I forget the name of the original um, organizations that sort of merged to create MCA um, a couple years ago, but I'm sure Michael could speak to that real fast. Sure. That was great, though, Chia. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah, the organizations were the Mendocino Cannabis Industry Association and the Mendocino County Growers Alliance. So right. uh, MCIA and MCGA and MCIA was more focused on kind of business development and letting people outside of Mendocino know about the incredible products and people that were here. And then MCGA was really more focused on policy advocacy uh, and working with the board and, and working with uh, local advocates to make recommendations. And so those two organizations in 2019 had conversations and came together and said, hey, we can benefit more if we aggregate our efforts and we create one organization. And that has been the kind of, you know, this guiding light for MCA is this idea of bringing in all of the voices and, you know, really providing that platform for every business to come in and provide input. And, you know, what I say often is that in this organization, the best ideas rise to the top because we have a democratically run organization where people are volunteering their time they're working in committees, they're following rules, they're voting on different uh, 
policy efforts and decisions. And, you know, so as a group, every it's easy. People see me and that I'm speaking and be like, oh, Michael's MCA. But Michael is a, a voice of dozens of people doing all of this really hard work and consideration and thinking, OK, what's the best thing for our entire community? And so uh, it's been an honor to be able to participate in that. I moved to Mendocino uh, in September of 20. 18. So I'm still relatively new here, um, but I've been so fortunate to be uh, included in this process and also have been mentored by some of the incredible advocates of this community, three of whom we're honoring at the Mendocino Cannabis Advocacy Awards, which is Hannah Nelson, Jude Tillman, and Casey O'Neill, uh, but also obviously Janine Coleman, Patrick Sellers. Uh, this is uh, Chantal. Um, you know, there's just Scott Ward. I mean, there's just an amazing group of people here who are advocates who understand the struggles that this community is going through and want to work together to address them in a in a way that's, you know, values driven. And so I'm just so grateful that that process happened and that I have been invited to participate and, uh, you know, really grateful for for this entire community, really. Thank you, Michael and Chia. And I want to give a little bit of um, definition to our listeners who may not know. When we talk about advocacy, we're talking about things like participating in our local government process, participating in the state's process as it comes to cannabis regulation, um, you know, staying informed and providing feedback to these government organizations that um, come up with these regulations that we have to comply with so that we can give them informed information about what's going to work and what's not going to work um, so that we can tell them like, hey, this, you know, this is not going to work out for our community or we think it might be better if we do it like this. That's a huge job. Um, and if you remember, or you may not know, in the early days of Prop 64 and when we had, um, you know, we're coalescing as having regulated cannabis in Mendocino County, an incredible amount of time was being spent by community members attending Board of Supervisors meetings, listening, learning, and giving feedback on all of these regulations as they were being created. And as you can imagine, having a business and also attending meetings weekly um, and thinking about them afterwards and providing feedback is an incredibly large amount of time commitment and brain commitment, honestly. It was feeling unsustainable for so many people that were participating in it. So I feel really grateful that MCA has kind of taken that on for the cannabis community um, because it frees up farmers to do what they do best, which is grow cannabis and run their businesses. So just wanted to explain what we mean when we're talking about advocacy. And on that note, we have a lot of information about things that are going on right now in Mendocino County. Do we want to move on to discussing them? Maybe we can talk about the fouling program. Sure. That's a great segue, Jen. Excellent job. You must be a radio talk show host. Um, I think so. Yeah. If not, you should look into it. Um, so, yeah. So as you're saying, this advocacy work at, took uh, takes an incredible amount of effort. And we are so grateful, as I was mentioning, uh, senior policy advisor Hannah Nelson uh, just a giant of support and uh, 
incredible efforts on behalf of this community for decades. Uh, she has been an integral part of our efforts. Uh, she does an incredible uh, work on her own as an attorney, as a consultant, as just a, a community member. Um, and Jude, as our president of MCA and uh, one of the members of our policy leadership committee, and also Blair Eau Claire, a member of our policy leadership committee. Um, we have uh, this incredible opportunity that has been developed through the advocacy work of this organization and, and many people, uh, the recent implementation of what's called a following plant program. And what following is, is when uh, someone has a, a canopy allotment in their permit, so say someone has a 10,000 square foot uh, canopy, but they reduce the size of their canopy by a certain amount. So that could be because of market issues, it could be because of drought, it could be because of finances, it could be because of any number of reasons. It really doesn't matter what the reason is. But now there's a program that if you, say, have 10,000 square feet of canopy and you reduce your canopy to 5,000 square feet or below, your minimum tax requirement reduces uh, equivalent in, in the equivalent amount. So if you have a $5,000 minimum tax at uh, 10,000 square feet and you go down to 5,000 square feet or less, you can now have a $2,500 minimum tax. Similarly, if you have between 2,500 square feet and 5,000 square feet, if you fallow to 2,500 square feet or below, you can have your $2,500 minimum tax reduced to 1250 And then finally, if you reduce your entire canopy, if you don't cultivate anything at all, you will not have a minimum tax requirement. And now it's not great that people are in situations where maybe they have to do this, but prior to this ordinance and this uh opportunity being implemented if it didn't matter if you were reducing your canopy or if you had crop failure or if you just didn't want to grow you were still on the hook for that minimum tax so this program was uh, approved by the board in july it was announced and published uh, on august 26th on the county website and this also information about this is also available on mendocannabis.com uh, on our policy tab and so people now can go and find that information and submit an affidavit saying that they have reduced their canopy and they can submit that and then their minimum tax requirement will be updated based on the amount of the reduction this does not uh, change in any way the requirement for folks to still pay taxes on sales of product that they already have uh, cultivated. But this is a huge opportunity for people to potentially save thousands of dollars for something uh, that they were already doing anyway. But there's a very limited window this year to apply. So folks right now really want to get applications for following in prior to September 26th. It's possible that that deadline will be extended, but everyone should assume that it won't be and get your following paperwork in as soon as possible so that if there are any questions or any back and forth, you have time to engage on that to make sure it's handled correctly. So this is a really great opportunity and is something that MCA as an organization and Hannah and many advocates locally had been calling for. Uh, we've been calling for it at the state level. We've been calling for it locally. And so just we're really grateful that this program went through and many thanks to the cannabis department, to county council's office and to the board for seeing the importance of this and working with us to make it happen. 
Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Yes, that is a really big deal. And it is so great that that finally went through and is available to cultivators in the community. Um, so I know that we have something as well called the Ag Pass Program for Emergency Access. And unfortunately, as we all know, we're definitely still in fire season. So do we want to talk about what that is looking like? What's up with the Ag Pass? Sure. So that's another example of uh, great collaboration between a bunch of stakeholders in the community to create a program that was certainly necessary. So MCA worked with the Farm Bureau and many departments within the county, uh, Office of Emergency Services, uh, the Sheriff's Office, um, the Ag Department, and as a group, uh, there was language developed in a program that went to the board on May uh, 3rd of this past year that was approved. And what that will do is enable cannabis operators and other <laughs> agricultural operators, not exclusively for cannabis, but it's great to see cannabis included among other agriculture as we believe it should be. Um, and so folks will be able to pre-register with uh, the county by submitting information about their licensing and their commercial business, and they'll be put on a list that will enable them in the event of an emergency with there's been evacuations, for example, due to fire or other natural disaster, if the uh, people in charge of that uh, that disaster, so like if it's the sheriff's office, if it's Cal Fire, whoever, once it's determined that it would be safe enough for people to enter, uh, you know, but not really lift complete evacuation orders, these people who have pre-registered as commercial businesses with this AgPass program, when it is safe under the right conditions would be allowed on, with limited abilities to go and tend to their commercial crops or their livestock or kennels, <clears throat> excuse me. And so this is something right now that until this point hasn't officially existed. Uh, a couple of years ago, I get to bring up the incredible Hannah Nelson again, um, was out there literally at checkpoints with the sheriff's office working to develop a ad hoc style program that would enable people to get access to their property to tend to their commercial crops. Um, and that uh, heroic effort led to uh, a temporary program, which then led to a broader conversation about, obviously, this is something that is going to be needed uh, moving forward. How can we implement this? And it took a while to get it going, but it was really great to see the collaboration of so many parts of this county working together to create something that is to everyone's benefit. And so that's the kind of model we would like to see continue. Uh, and that's why we've been also so grateful to have uh, these stakeholder meetings lately with supervisors, Hashtag and McGordy to really, uh, and county council and the cannabis department and the CEO's office to really dig into some of these broader issues, bring different perspectives to the table and come up with solutions that uh, work for everyone. And so MCA is committed to continuing to advocate in that way and to push those items that we feel are important. And you know, we're, we're excited to see that in these last several months, a lot of these efforts have resulted in actual policies being implemented that are going to directly benefit people. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I can't really stress how important the IPASS program is and how wonderful it is that we are getting something in place that is um, official, so to speak, for us to be able to access our um, commercial crops and our properties during um, the event of an emergency. Uh, it's something that is like so huge for the cannabis community. Chia, do you have anything to add to how you feel about the IPASS program? Sure. Well, I think it's um, a wonderful thing because we saw what happened back in 2017 when we had the um, Redwood Valley and the Potter Valley fires here. Um, you know, uh, we had farmers who had licensed farms beyond the, the line where the police and the sheriffs were, you know, stopping people so they couldn't, you know, to keep them safe from going in. And that was definitely an issue. People were told that they were going to be able to access their farms and they went through a process um, to do so. And then kind of, you know, turned out that they weren't able to access their farms in the end. And so, you know, it was a, a big struggle that was happening then. So I'm really happy to hear that this is something, you know, that's that's moving forward and allowing people access because the last thing that we want to happen is to, you know, have the threat of fire around our crop and then not be able to access it if it didn't burn down to, you know, to help it stay alive and check on things. And so it's super vital to, you know, our own farm survival, but also the economy locally so that we can continue doing business. So I I am um, so grateful for this type of work. You know, I want to point out real quick to that you speaking about this reminds me that there is a scene in Ladybugs. Yes, if anybody yes. hasn't, if anyone hasn't seen the documentary film Ladybugs by director Chris C.J. Russo, uh, which follows six incredible women, including Chia, as they transition from the days of Prop 215 into the days of Prop 64. And there is a big part of the film around that fire in 2017. And um, Ashley Oldham, who may be listening, hello, Ashley, if you are, <laughs> trying to get access to her farm and seeing the disparity between uh, the regulations for cannabis operators and the regulations for other agricultural operators. And so this is an interesting example where we actually get to say, oh, well, look, we've made progress. Sure, it took uh, many years. I don't want to say how many, but it took, <laughs> and, but it's happening. And so this is the encouraging part of this conversation is that through concerted efforts and through advocacy and through our community working together to continue to hammer on these issues and not say, okay, well, we're, it's okay. We're just going to deal with it. That is what is directly leading to things that are beneficial for the community. And so that's why it's so important for the community at large, be it the cannabis operators, licensed cannabis operators, or just regular Mendocino citizens, people who are listening, who aren't directly involved in cannabis, we as an organization, MCA, are working to benefit everyone. And so that supporting this organization supports the future of cannabis in Mendocino and the future of the promise that that brings. You know, we saw in 2020, the crop report showed uh, 100, over $110 million of economic activity in this county driven by cannabis. And that's being distributed throughout the community. And most people who operate here and own businesses here and are small farmers here, they spend their money here. 
And so this is a, we want to protect these people so that we can also protect this resource for this county when so many of the other resources have moved away or uh, been further strained. So we still have an opportunity to make positive impact. And that's why we're asking for more support for MCA. Thank you, Michael and Chia, for expanding on that. So we talked about the AgPass program, and I would love to discuss something that is very exciting, which is the equity program um, as it relates specifically to Hall of Flowers and other events that um, that has sort of happened with in the past. Michael, do you want to give us some heads up on the headway that MCA has made with the equity program? Sure. Well, thanks, Jen. Yeah, we're this is this is really important stuff, and I'm I'm really glad you brought it up. Uh, it it is so it's important for everyone listening to realize that the state of California has created uh, a social equity program that is designed to redress some of the harms done to people who have been disproportionately harmed by the war on drugs. And it's also important for people to realize that in order to receive funding from this program, uh, what's called the needs assessment has to be created. And so in Mendocino County, the needs assessment that was created says, okay, how has the war on drugs impacted Mendocino County? And it turns out it significantly impacted Mendocino County. Um, we were the recipient uh, of the second most paramilitary activity in the state to eradicate cannabis uh, during the war on drugs. And so second only to our neighbors to the North Humboldt, that should come as no surprise. But, it, you know, people have been significantly harmed by this process and whether they've been arrested and gone to jail or whether they've been raided and, you know, terrorized and led to fear for their lives and their livelihoods, uh, people have been harmed. And so in Mendocino right now, we have over 200 of the operators in our cannabis program who have been designated as equity operators. So... It is very uh, important to, to realize that we have a substantial number of people who are not just small businesses, but are small businesses who have been harmed. And so we have advocated from day one of the opportunity to get this program as MCA and Hannah Nelson, of course, very strongly involved in developing the needs assessment and working on this program uh, presenting recommendations on the setup of the program. Uh, and then when it was implemented in a different way, we've spent a lot of time since then making recommendations on how it can be improved. So our advocacy on improvements to the program, I believe has been responsible for the expansion of the allowances of the direct grants, um, for the expansion of the, uh, the amounts of grants, the opportunity is to utilize the grants for different things that were being uh, that weren't being allowed, but that the state did not prohibit. So, for example, there is a component of this that's a tax and fee waiver where funds can go from the state equity program to the county to cover taxes and fees for operators who uh, who have been harmed by the war on drugs. And so that's a program, a component of this program that benefits everybody uh, because it's funds that the operators are struggling to, to find, and it's funds that the county needs to operate. And so it's problem solving. But for a while, that flow, that opportunity was not being taken advantage of by the county. So we've been able to work and identify improvements to the program. Uh, and then it, separately, outside of the county, um, we have, I've been very fortunate to work with uh, first, Tim Blake and Taylor Blake of the Emerald Cup, 
uh, on an initiative called the Small Farms Initiative, uh, which was designed to create free access to the Emerald Cup event in Santa Rosa for small operators who otherwise would not have been able to afford access. And through that incredible program, we were able to bring on, uh, I believe, 40 small farms to participate, which was incredible. And it was it was really a wonderful community experience. And just recently, um, we I was fortunate to be uh, able to work with Hall of Flowers to expand their equity program to now include access for small rural cultivators of 10,000 square feet canopy or less. So if uh, if folks are familiar, Hall of Flowers is a cannabis business trade show that brings a lot of buyers uh, from the different active markets in Southern California and throughout the state together to see the different product offerings. It's a very expensive show. It's very hard for small farms to operate. And they've now expanded their oper- their equity program to have three spots open for full booths for those farmers. So and those uh, submissions for anyone who is uh, in their local equity program or anyone who has received a state equity fee waiver, even if you're not in a local equity program uh, and you have 10,000 square feet of canopy or less, you can go to Hall of Flowers website, click on Santa Rosa, um, and then click on expanded equity grant, and then you can apply. And, uh, you know, this is a great opportunity for people who are trying to get access to market to really see what this is about, meet buyers from different shops uh, in different markets and, and get their brand out there. So we are really committed to working and expanding equity access and opportunity for the members of our community who have suffered from the war on drugs. Uh, and it has been really incredible to see the response from event organizers uh, and and collaborators who want to see this uh, program thrive and see these people supported. And uh, so I've been just grateful to be included in those conversations and to, for, to be able to provide that access to members of the small farming community. Chia, you are, thank you, Michael, you are a cannabis cultivator as well as um, the fundraising uh director, I believe, co-chair of the fundraising committee for MCA. You're also a cannabis cultivator. So how would you say that um, you have benefited from the kind of things that Michael was just discussing, the equity opportunities? Have you participated in those and what has your experience been like? Yes, for sure. Um, We were fortunate enough to participate in the, um, excuse me, the Emerald Cup harvest ball last december um and we're able to have a a booth space there for our brand and that was amazing like michael said it was just really wonderful to see um the community come together and everybody was just so excited because as the pressure of the you know the stresses of the industry have kind of you know weighed heavy on all of our shoulders we always just feel so much better when we we come together we're able to interface with our consumers with you know with other people in the cannabis realm um and so that was a wonderful opportunity for mendocino county you know had a great a great showing of farmers there but also humble lake um trinity county sonoma county and and i think even santa cruz um as well and so it was just really a beautiful event to see everybody come together it's things like this that really help the small operators because like michael referenced you know sometimes it's it's very expensive to have a booth 
at different events to be able to get your product in front of, you know, the people who who want to <laughs> experience our brands and check out our products too. And so, um, you know, these opportunities are a wonderful way to accomplish that. Um, and I won't be participating in the Hall of Flowers coming up just due to timing and, and all that. And luckily, one of the great ways that we work this is that there's a lottery within MCA for event, things like this, opportunities like this, um, that people who are available to go say um yay you know I, I would like to participate you get your name into the hat and then you get chosen from there so it's a, a nice fair way to to work that out um also uh we were able to participate through um an opportunity that happened with the state fair the california um cannabis state fair was the first annual this year and mca was able to um help us get pardon the construction noise in the background i'm so sorry um was was able to help us um get free entries to um, submit our cannabis to uh, the lab so we could submit those to the state fair um so that was a great opportunity we were able to do that and actually my farm um at, won an award at the state fair so my husband and i went over there to accept our award it was very exciting so it's things like this that create opportunities for small farmers to do things that they wouldn't normally um, be able to afford so much appreciated yes that is great thank you chia for providing that feedback on what it was like to actually participate in the equity program so we're going to open up the phone lines in a few minutes um, and you can call in with any questions or comments you have on things that we've spoken about today but before we do that michael do you want to tell us a little bit about the advocacy awards it's going to be sort of this culmination of um you know this mca pledge of alliance drive and what's what's that all about sure well the uh, the Mendocino Cannabis Advocacy Awards, or as I like to call them, the MCAs, are really uh, an opportunity for all of us in the Mendocino County cannabis community and our supporters and friends to join together and actually really just for a minute put all the business and policy and politics aside and just thank the members, some of the members of our community who have been doing this work for so long, like it is, as you were saying earlier, it is, uh, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's, it's hard work. It's intensive. Uh, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of mental energy. It's emotional. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, things popping up left and right. And so it, continuing this type of work, it, it takes a lot of effort. And we really want to thank Hannah, Jude, and Casey. Um, you know, they're, these are people in within the cannabis community here who need no introduction. Um, but to everyone who's listening who might not know who they are, uh, you know, Hannah has been a legal advocate for decades. Uh, she's all about human rights, civil rights. Um, she's just a, an incredible person, a wealth of knowledge. We're so grateful for her continued just hours and hours and hours of effort of free work that's just like to help everybody, um, you know, and that's it's so appreciated. Jude, similarly, she has been a voice of uh, of reason and logic and compassion and medicine 
and uh, legacy for decades, uh, you know, as a medical cannabis expert, always bringing conversations back to the patient, always think bringing things back to the group. Uh, how do we build community? Uh, really incredible. And then, uh, you know, Casey, uh, who has been a voice of the small farmers at the state level, at the county level, and at the farmer's market, you know, importing incredible information about uh, regenerative farming and teaching people about stewarding the land and you know the, his eloquent writing just really opens up our world to people who don't live here and aren't ensconced in it and so this these are three incredible bright shining lights in our community and we get to come together have incredible food we're grateful to cafe beaujolais uh, in Mendocino for providing the space for us to come and celebrate. We're going to have music. We're going to have food. We're going to have fun. We're going to have uh, a silent auction because uh, uh, this is also still a fundraising uh, event for the organization. Um, and I, you know, I, 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 I want to mention that we've been so fortunate to have a very generous donor, uh, offer to provide a $20,000 matching grant for the organization um, as we are in the process of fundraising. So folks who are interested in coming to the event or supporting the organization as sponsors or as joining as members, every contribution at this point is doubled up to there. And so we're just so uh, inspired by the response we've gotten. And uh, we are... Um, Really grateful to some new sponsors that have come on, like Cold Creek Compost. And uh, we had an incredible person from Oakland even just email us and say, hey, I love what you're doing. This is a really important process that you're engaged in. We love the Emerald Triangle. We want to help. Here's how we can help. And so, you know, people are reaching out from all over the place. And we just want to see folks come together, celebrate our community and enjoy themselves uh, get a bunch of smiles on people's faces and, uh, you know, have a moment of joy in the midst of all the chaos. So important to do so. <clears throat> Thank you, Michael. It is so important to gather, celebrate one another and give a little shine to these folks that have worked so hard over the years um, for the cannabis community, just from the kindness of their hearts, basically. So while we're waiting to open up the phone lines here, I do want to make sure that we cover um, the transition from the ad hoc to the general government committee. Um, so is that something that Michael and Chia, you guys want to give our listeners a little rundown on? Sure. Yeah. So uh, as folks who are involved in the cannabis policy world may be aware, there's been a cannabis ad hoc that uh, ad hoc is really a kind of a short term committee uh, dealing with a couple of the issues that the cannabis department uh, is been engaged in related to permitting and the equity program and the distribution of those funds and all those things. And um, that ad hoc committee has is actually transitioning. Supervisor Haschek and McGordy have been uh, involved. Supervisor McGordy has resigned to focus his efforts on other projects, including uh, water, which is obviously incredibly important here in Mendocino. And so as the ad hoc is winding down, the board has now directed that all new kind of cannabis items go before the general government committee 
which is comprised of supervisors Mulhern and Jurdy, and which at this time is only, for example, scheduled to meet twice the rest of this year. Uh, and so we have been having with the ad hoc and stakeholders uh, conversations for the last several months that have led to some of these programs we've discussed earlier uh, and movement on a lot of other things has been very intensive, very, uh, you know, getting into the details. And so we're going to be now transitioning into a brand new body that hasn't had any of that experience, hasn't been a part of any of those conversations. And so that transition, you know, could be a little bit bumpy. Uh, what we are working on now, what we've published uh, and shared with the ad hoc and shared on our website and shared to the community at large are recommendations that NCA as well as Hannah Nelson and Scott Ward uh, they submitted documents as well uh, for recommendations that the ad hoc can make to the board on the October 4th meeting that is scheduled for this conversation that we would hope the board would then make uh, direction to staff vote on these items on that day actually you know instead of saying, okay, well, let's just move all these things down the road to the standing committee. Since we've made so much progress and uncovered so many solutions to specific problems, which had been the goal of the meetings and the efforts thus far, uh, it's our hope that the ad hoc will really adopt those recommendations, bring them all to the board, uh, and that the board will do what they need to do on that day to implement them. Uh, so Supervisor Hashtag is out of the country until the 11th of September, um, but we've been in contact before he left and we've shared this and reached out to Supervisor McGordy. So we're, we're very confident that in the amount of time we have before October 4th, we can dig into these items. We are making ourselves completely available and uh, we will also be reaching out to the other supervisors to share those ideas so that they have an idea of them in advance. And it's our hope that we can really uh, not have these things get kicked down the road, but address them immediately and move on to the other items that will certainly need to continue to be addressed. Excellent summary there, Michael. Thank you. So we are down to the last 12 minutes of the show here today. And at this time, I want to open up the phone lines and give all you listeners a chance to call in with any questions or comments you might have about what we talked about today, any of the policy we covered, or maybe you're interested in how to participate in the Pledge of Alliance or get involved with MCA. So don't hesitate, give us a call. Our number is 707-895-2448. Uh, again, it's 707-895-2448 if you have a question or a comment or you just want to say hi, please call in and do so. All right. So we have covered a lot of awesome ground in the show today. We've talked about the fouling program, um, the Ag Pass program for emergency access. We've talked about what's going on with the equity program, um, the transition from the ad hoc committee to the general government committee. We gave some backstory on MCA and about who can or how you can get involved. And it looks like we have a caller. So we're going to go ahead and put that caller through, and we're excited to hear from them. So are you here with us, caller? You're live on the Cannabis Hour. Good I, I hope. Good morning. I hope I am. Um, I would like to know, I was just reading the uh, local paper, and there was a $325,000 grant or uh, project that was 
funding for, uh, I believe, the police or licensing. There's supposed to be some monies from the state that was being given to enable local small farmers to be able to get through the permitting process. From what I understand, there were over 400 applications and only 26 permits have been granted. And I feel like the police have already got the 300000 for the Redwood Valley, um, you know, mental health monies. The police have enough money. The monies that have been allocated to the cannabis need to be for the farmers because you're being taxed without without being able to even have your crop. The, the uh, market has tanked because they're not, you know, paying out with what they, it should be. The, the amount of labor and time and energy that goes in I want to know what's happening to that money, and I want to know if there's any watchdogging, making sure that the monies that have been approved for the cannabis farmers goes to the cannabis farmers. Thank you so much, caller, for that thoughtful question. Um, Michael and Chia, do you want to go ahead and um, respond to that? Michael, do you want to go first? Sure. Well, yes. Yeah, so I, I imagine what the caller is referring to is the recent allocation of over $300,000 to a satellite imagery program that the cannabis department got approved uh, through the Board of Supervisors uh, just recently. And that- That funding has come from a grant from the state that is designed to help provisional licensees transition from their provisional license to their annual license. So right now, 99% or some very high 90% number of our local licenses are provisionals. And so the state has identified this as a challenge because there are deadlines coming up next year and the year after for uh, issuing provisionals and then renewing provisionals. And so these funds unfortunately have yet to find their way into uh, their intended uses. So there was a substantial amount that had been uh, allocated by the state. Um, you know, more than half has been allocated to direct grants for operators, but we have indications that funds will not become, uh, well, that a program to identify how to distribute the funds may not become available until as early as the middle of October, which is disappointing because these are funds that are literally sitting in a bank account at the county that could be in operators' hands helping them move their projects forward. And the reason these funds are so necessary is because of the disparity between the regulations for cannabis cultivation and every other agricultural type of crop. So for people listening, um, you know, it's important to realize that cannabis is not designated as agriculture. And so the regulations to get your annual license um, require a lot of work through the California Environmental Quality Act, which has which is not applied to other farmers. So if you grow tomatoes, you don't have this problem. But you know, the the actual physical practice of growing tomatoes and growing cannabis is very similar, including water use. So uh, the goal is to get these funds into the hands of the people that need them. But so far, the funds have only really been allocated for internal uses at the county. We have been making uh, a lot of noise about this, and we are certainly hoping that in the recommendations that the ad hoc makes to the board, that uh, a system is put in place immediately to figure out how to distribute these funds uh, to the community rather than just have them go towards uh, administrative items. Thank you so much for answering that, Michael. Chia, do you have anything to add to that? I think Michael covered that very well. Thank you. All right. Well, we have time for, let's see, probably one more caller. 
So if you're out there listening and you have a question or a comment for Michael or Chia, or you want to know how to get involved in MCA or how to join, you can give them a call. The number is 707-895-2448. That is 707-895-2448. All right. As we are um, waiting for one final possible caller, um, we are getting towards the end of the show here today. And I always like to make time for my guests who are so generously making time to join the show to promote themselves and give us a little bit of info about what they're up to. And Chia, I know you have a podcast um, that you recently started. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about that and where they can check that out if they want to? (laughs) Sure. Um, Let's see. I have a lot going on, of course. Um, I have... um my brand arcana flowers me and my husband cultivate here in redwood valley um at rivershy farms and we have this wonderful brand that's been keeping keeping things going here um and also yes i um started a podcast a while back in the springtime with a friend um called moms do weed because all we do is talk about cannabis um anyways so we might as well um help elevate other women in the space so it's really meant um to help elevate women's voices um that are you know not just farmers but all over in the in the cannabis realm including consumers um so that's fun that can be found um on facebook and on instagram as well or just contacting me at chia at arcanaflowers.com which is c-h-i-a-h at arcana a-r-c-a-n-n-a flowers.com um and yes, thank you, Jen, for the opportunity to do some shameless self-promotion. Appreciate it. Um, and do you want to just go into a little bit about um, how people can get involved in the um, pledge drive a little bit deeper and how they can? Yeah, I think that's great. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, well, so as we mentioned earlier, um, the um pledge of alliance drive for mca will be going through september 19th where we have an event um so people can go uh, to mendocannabis.com where they can find out more information they can join as a member right there on the website um they can pledge a donation right there if they feel inclined we greatly appreciate any donation of any amount, of course. And you can also find more information specifically about the um, Mendocino Cannabis um, Community Advocacy Awards and dinner event that is happening also on September 19th. And so you can um, find more information there about ticketing and such. If anybody would like to also Um, generously donate items for our silent auction we would um, love to um, help promote your business and what you have going on through the silent auction so please reach out to myself or michael or you can even connect with us on facebook instagram and or through the website as well um, where we can discuss the sponsorship options and donation options that are available for this wonderful Pledge of Alliance Drive. So thank you. Thank you so much, Chia, for that great information. Um, we have just two minutes left here. Michael, is there anything, um, any last little bits that you would like to say before we yes. wrap it up here today? 
Yes. Thank you so much, Jen. And thank you, Chia. And thank you, everyone, for listening and for your support. Uh, I want to just share this really other exciting thing. We didn't get to talk too much about our market access programs, but MendocinoCannabis.shop or Mendocino Cannabis Shop is our uh, association. Hold on one moment here. I think we might have one more caller. Um, let me see. Oh, it looks like they dropped. Um, but maybe let's just move on to talking about how people can find out more information about the pledge drive. Sure. Mendocannabis.com or uh, they can go to our Instagram, which is Mendo.Cannabis. On Facebook, we are The MC Alliance uh, and we are available via email at info at Mendocannabis.com. You can basically also just search on Google Mendocino Cannabis Alliance and our site will pop up. Uh, Or you can just wave and we'll see you waving and come and say hello. Okay, great. Thank you both so much for joining us today. That was Michael Katz, um, the director of Mendocino Cannabis Alliance. Chia Rodriguez, the co-chair of the fundraising committee for Mendocino Cannabis Alliance. And the founder of Arcana Flowers and cultivator at Rivershy Farms. Um, and we were here today to just talk with you about MCA and everything that's going on with that and let you know about their um, Pledge of Alliance and the Advocacy Awards. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed listening to the Cannabis Hour today. We will be back two weeks from today with another show for you, and I hope you tune in then. Until then, enjoy the sunshine and have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.